You're gonna lose that yes, girl. Yes, yes, you're gonna lose that girl. You're gonna lose. Yes, yes, you're gonna lose that girl. And now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering everything the Bad Batch. In this episode, with Omega captured by Cad Bane, she fights for a way back to the Bad Batch and gets an unexpected ally. There will be pickle people! Toto is a little shit and I love him for it. And it's Cad Bane versus Finnick Shan this week. We are talking about the Bad Batch episode 9, Bounty Lost. How you doing, Quiz? How you doing, Quiz? Quiz! I'm doing how, how are you? I'm, I'm doing good. We're doing our Quoku voices. Good baby talk today. Oh, yes. Let's not do the entire episode like this because I think we might, no, we might no lose thing. some listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to lose any listeners. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, everybody, this is going to be belated because, of course, we always record it a few weeks in advance. But we are recording on May 3rd. So happy belated Star Wars Day, everybody. It's tomorrow. Yay! It's Cinco de Mayo for me. I'm at a restaurant. And it's on funny. Th- my boss is under the delusion that Cinco de Mayo is on Thursday. He's like, got to get ready for Cinco de Mayo. And I'm like, yep, it's tomorrow. He's like, no, it's Thursday. And I'm like, oh, I thought it was I thought it was on Wednesday. Huh. And then I like looked at the clock at my clock when I got home. I'm like, it is on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Well, good thing we got the special ready. (laughs) I I made um, I made um, another uh, batch of custom uh, cornbread today. I had an extra box and I had an odd box because I usually do two of them at a time. So there was what like an odd box. So I'm like, time for an experiment. So it was uh, it was cornbread with. Um, oh, uh, what were they called? What are they called? Uh, tricks in them. Wait, like the cereal? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was. Huh. It's, I thought it was going to be crunchy. You know, the, the, the sort of fruity sort of fruity sort of uh, cereal. Uh-huh. No. You know what it tastes like? What? Those those blueberry muffins with the fake blueberries in them. Is it a sweet cornbread? Yes. Okay. Then, yeah. that Yeah, I could see that. The, and no matter what the color of the, the tricks in it. You know, and I, they're all the fake fruity flavor, but they all taste when you eat it. If you close your eyes and eat it and don't look at the color of everything, they all taste purple. They all taste like blueberries for some reason. And probably not because they taste like blueberries, because they just probably taste similarly enough to like the fake blueberries in a like 7-Eleven muffin. <laughs> or, you know, Dunkin Donuts muffin. Because if it's a, if it's a sweet cornbread, I I definitely be because I okay I I'm not the biggest fan of cornbread in general, but like I really do like I like sweet cornbread, but like anything that's like 
not the sweet kind. I'm just like, this is disgusting. It's just really dried, super grainy yeah. bread. Well, we used to eat cornbread for breakfast with with um, sugar and milk on it, like a breakfast cereal. You'd put in big chunks of cornbread, pour the milk over it, and then just sort of break it up and eat it. My mom does and that then... with cornbread and buttermilk, but no sugar. But I was thinking, what if the cornbread had cereal in it, too? Interesting. Very breakfasty. <laughs> Be down to try that. Oh, May fourth is tomorrow, so we'll know by now whether or not we got a Kenobi trailer. Oh, they'll drop something. That's I, the, I mean, that's. I, I'm not expecting too much because Celebration is only like three weeks away, and I know they want to save right. a bunch of announcements for Celebration. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Kenobi trailer tomorrow. Yeah, like, Kenobi isn't an announcement as much anything. It's getting close to, like, hype it up time. So, oh, yeah, we'll pro- that's more like... You might not probable. know this, because um, I know you're not on, like, the Twitters much, but Skywalker nope. Sound is releasing a small documentary on YouTube about, like, how oh. they make sound effects and stuff. Oh, in- oh excellent. I'd li- I'd love to see that. Here, if you give me like two seconds, I can give you like an actual name and it's free because it's on YouTube. Let's see, Skywalker Sound. So I that that looked really interesting. They had like this like little um it's called Behind the Mac. Um so yeah. Uh Behind the Mac, Skywalker Sound. Oh, I didn't actually look up the Twitter like I wanted to. Um and yeah, so it looks uh, really, really interesting. I, I watched the um, the little trailer they released, and that's going to be on, I think it's on Apple's uh, YouTube channel tomorrow. So I don't think it's a long documentary. I think it's just like a mini documentary, but it looks yeah, like really interesting. Probably just a little puff piece, but it'll still be interesting. I'll see yeah. what kind of they're playing with. I'm sure it's uh, high end. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. It was fun, like, watching them, like, just make some sound effects. Like, they got, like, some football pads and, like, just, like, dropped on the floor. And they were like, that's a stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> and they had, like, someone, like, walking through grass with, like, a microphone. So. Yep. Yep, yep. That's how you do it. That's, that's how you do it. So, yeah. The I think- art of Foley. I think t- tomorrow's definitely going to be fine, but I, I feel like all the big stuff's going to be safe for Celebration. If, if they weren't having Celebration this year, um, I think tomorrow would be a much bigger day, of course, but within only three weeks away, it's not going to be that big, I don't think. I think at the most, like, we're going to get a Kenobi trailer. I think at the least, like, they might announce, like, a book or a comic or or something, so... I'm I'm not expecting anything animation to be honest. I think they're gonna save tomorrow night. You're like, oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe they did this. Right, <laughs> right, right. That's why I was like, uh, I was telling Chris before. Um, I actually had a little age um, like milk. Yeah, I, I was telling Chris before we started recording. Originally, I wrote like a little game where like we would guess what would be here tomorrow because of the fact that we record ahead of time. But I was just like, I don't know, like. I'm not expecting anything animation, to be honest, only because the Bad Batch is getting a season two panel, and we know that the Tales of the Jedi panel is going to be there at Celebration. And I know there's rumors of season two of Visions, which I'm not surprised because Visions was really popular and, and, and you know, was nominated for multiple awards. Um, but I'm not like... I, 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 would, I would actually say that 
if we get anything animation tomorrow, it would just be a confirmation of Vision Season 2. I can't see them doing anything Bad Batch or anything else because I feel like they would want to save that for Celebration. And that's at the most. And I don't even think we're getting that. I think we're just going to be getting like a Kenobi trailer and that's it. <laughs> so, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. That, yeah. That's I, I mean, and I'm not anticipating. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and they need to. They've only had one trailer and the show's out like this month. So tomorrow's the day definitely to do it. So. Okay. <sighs> uh, hey. You want to talk about some Bad Batch? Let's do it. What'd you think of this episode? I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as the last episode, but I liked it. I, That's interesting. I had the exact. It wasn't. It wasn't reaction. as pretty. It wasn't as pretty as last episode. Really, it wasn't I bad like... looking. It had some nice um, atmosphere to it. Really, I because I actually um I, I like the set pieces of last week, but I actually think this episode was like a lot prettier, like with the like with the light shots and the smoke, and then you'd have like mm, the, the darker the areas. And... Yeah. yeah, I I actually enjoyed this episode a lot more than last week. So that's, that's funny. I think we're going to have opposite scores. Our our scores might have swapped on this one. Maybe. <laughs> and there's there's a lot of stuff in this episode that like Hope personally loves. Like I love Cad Bane, I love Toto. Toto is my favorite droid. Cad Bane's my favorite bounty hunter. Like so there's a lot of stuff in this episode that I just personally love. Mm-hmm. So Wow. You want to get into it? I'm ready. <clears throat> Bounty Lost is the ninth episode of The Bad Batch. It aired on June 25th, 2020. It was written by Matt, Matt Michnovitz and directed by Brad Rao and Nathan uh, Nathaniel Villanova. Some extra information for you. Rena Owen is back, reprising her role as Tan Wei. Owen was the vo- voice and portrayed the Kaminoan in episode two, Attack of the Clones, when introducing Obi-Wan Kenobi to Jango Fett and a young Boba Fett in the movie. Reina's, oh, Reina Owen's other work includes the Orville, Siren, and the Gloaming. Cad Bane flies a new ship in this episode, the Justifier. It was designed by Russell Chong during the original run of the Clone Wars. It was supposed to show up in the in the story arc featuring Cad Bane teaming up with a young Boba Fett, but the story was scrapped with, when Clone Wars was original. No, no, no. But the story was scrapped with Clone Wars original cancellation. And finally, the abandoned facility Omega finds herself in on Boravio is a remnant of a bygone era of cloning's past. It reveals that many other experiments have taken place before the creation of the Republic's clone army. And I definitely have notes that we might be seeing this place again is my tinfoil hat theory. So, do you know who else has tinfoil hat theories? Um, um. Yours is just conspiracy theories. <gasps> Yoda, you're a flat earther, aren't you? Yoda's flat universe. <gasps> really? Prove Yoda oh. wrong. Prove Yoda wrong. Look at universe. Flat it is. In all the pictures, it's flat. Every picture on flat yeah. paper, flat screen. Hmm. So is it a flat? Is it a flat universe with round planets? R- round, round planets. Yes. Okay. All on on one flat plane. One single flat flat plane held up by tauntauns. <laughs> so are you saying that a planet could roll off the plane? No. Get caught with 
the lower tauntauns caught oh. they catch it yes all the time and they put it back always falling it is with tauntauns falling under it oh falling and falling forever I, i'm so glad that this universe has tauntaun gods kicking feet no just tauntauns i just thought about billions and billions and billions of tauntauns <laughs> on top of tauntauns See, I, I I was about to be like, oh, so the one that Han kills to save Luke, and that's like a super special, like sacrificial tauntaun because it was a god. You're like, no, it's just tauntaun. Just tauntaun, lots of tauntauns. That's why I use them to hold up flat universe. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey Yoda, I got a question for you. A question for Yoda. I Yoda do. Has many answers. So I was thinking, um, in this episode, Omega finds herself in a cloning facility. And I got to thinking, if you could clone yourself, Yoda, where or what would you improve on for yourself? Oh, Yoda's perfect. Yoda. Man. Yeah, what would you no. take away? Oh, maybe, maybe Yoda, maybe Yoda would like sideburns. Hmm. Nice Ooh. sideburns. Never could grow sideburns. Tried to, but was very goofy looking. Oh, some like maybe ancient... Yoda, maybe hairline to grow mullet. Yoda would like mullet and, and sideburns. I just imagine you with like Agent Callus's like mutton chop sideburns. Mutton chops, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yoda soul patch, yes. Do <laughs> poetry, Yoda would. <laughs> yeah oh goodness yeah like and i agree like you're perfect but you yeah i can definitely see you with the sideburns and the soul patch that hair. Was... Mm, yes so i'm please draw a picture of yoda with sideburns and mutton chops please <laughs> probably please. already on internet it is oh, along okay. with flat universe theory let's see let's see yoda sideburns Nope, nope, nope. That means we gotta draw it. Oh, there's a picture of Grogu with sideburns. Yeah, right. Oh, look, look at his sideburns, aren't they? Oh, they're so cute. And look at him. <gasps> Here's one of Grogu with with a mullet and mutton chops too. Yoda has done Google search. Is flat universe theory? <laughs> Oh, there! You're right. There is a flat universe theory. Grogu, yes. Grogu proposed it and wrote an entire paper about it. Grogu's, Grogu's space gonads haven't even dropped, much less sideburns or. And, and according soul patch. to Grogu, there is one billion one hundred and twenty-three tauntauns holding up the flat universe, according yes. to his very valuable research. Yes, called a shitload. Uh huh. Wow, Grogu is just looking great because here. Because Tauntauns smell bad. Man, Grogu is looking great here. Yeah, yeah. Well, he if if he can rock this mullet mutton chop sideburn look, I know you can too. Oh, thank you. Mm, Yoda knows when he's being condescended to. No, oh, come come back, come back. Oh, you did it again. Good I job. lied. I lied. <laughs> they so were easy. There was no pictures. There was no Grogu. I lied. 
guess what? There is a flat universe theory, though. <laughs> I'm I'm sure there is. That doesn't. That it's doesn't an actual. Support. It's an actual science theory too. It looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. It, it really is easy to get him all up in arms. Yeah. He's always all up in arms. It's fun. Old men yelling at the space clouds. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah though no, i i really do mean it i would love to see somebody draw a picture of yoda with a with a mullet and mutton chops and sideburns on please do it for me i want to see it mm. well are you ready to get into the bad batch i am i have my notes and everything and i watched it so yes i am ready <laughs> What if you're just like, nah, I don't feel like it today. No, no, I did. I'm just going to fake it. You, you you take the lead. We should. That'd be that'd make a funny like April Fool's joke where it's just like, welcome to Jagas and Jedi. Goodbye. <laughs> that, w- that would be quite a challenge if I just like flaked out on watching the episode and taking notes and stuff and just tried to fake my way through it, you know? Oh, that, you know, if we ever did that, though, what we should do is we should have the opening, like our normal opening, where we're talking about, just like, yeah, like, we had a good week, and blah, 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 and then it's just, like, silence for, like, an hour, and then, like, the end. <laughs> for an April Fool's joke. <laughs> yeah, well, we got a whole year now to to plan that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Act one? Act one. So... We need a little bit of a recap of last week's episode because shit really hit the fan. Because the Bad Batch and Omega were hanging out on Baraka and they were just like, let's be scrappers. And Echo was like, this is a horrible idea. We were seen by the real scrappers. And they were like, it's fine, Echo. Uh, The Crosshair and, and the Empire show up. And Echo is just like, I fucking told you. Fucking told all of you. I told you we should have left. And Hunter's like, yeah, yeah, we get it. And they leave with nothing. And so, long story short, uh, uh, what's his butt? Crosshair gets his face fucked up. And Hunter is trying to get Omega back to the ship. And then out of nowhere comes Cat fucking Bane. And his little Toto, too. And he's just like, hey, what's up? I'm Cad Bane. I'm a Clone Wars character. And Hunter's like, haha, joke's on you. I'm a Clone Wars character, too. And Cad Bane goes, yeah, but people like me more. And he shoots the fuck out of Hunter. And Omega's just like, Hunter, no! And then she gets knocked out. And now Cad Bane has Omega. And he flies away with her. And, yeah. On to this week! We open... With everyone freaking the fuck out, because they're all, all the Bad Batch is just like, where's Omega? And Hunter's like, we have to find her. And Tech's like, oh, we're getting shot at by Crosshair. We need to get the fuck out of here, guys. And Echo's like, yeah, I concur. And Hunter's like, no, we can't leave without Omega. And Rucker's like, ah! And, and then they're like, Rucker, are you okay? He's just like, yeah, I just felt like screaming. And everyone's freaking the fuck out. And meanwhile, meanwhile Crosshair's just like, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Pew, 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 I'm going to kill you. I'm Crosshair. My face is fucked up. Ow, I'm in so much pain right now. So much pain. And I only have one eye. And I'm Crosshair. Pow, 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 pow. And back on the ship, everyone's just like, ah, ah, ah. And so finally, Tech is like, Hunter, we have to go. We can't save Omega if we're fucking dead, man. And Hunter's like, fine. 
leave. And they dramatically get the heck and heck out of there to the safety of hyperspace. And Crosshair is just like, I'm pissed and I'm in pain. I'm Crosshair. And that's how the first few minutes end. Just like that. No notes. Nothing changed. It's exactly just like that. Anyway, Omega wakes up on Cad Bane's ship. And she's all just like, where the heck am I? This is not good. And like she's like looking around at stuff. And then my baby boy Toto comes out using his little broken leg that Hunter shot off last week as a little cane. And he is all like, ha ha, we caught you. She's all like, ha ha, you don't, you, 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 you don't have a booster there, buddy. And he's like, it's fine because you can't call anybody and you're captured and your comm device is not in that storage closet. And Omega's like, which, which storage closet? And he's like, that one right there. But you don't know that. And she's like, oh. And Cad Bane comes down. And he's just like, hey there, little lady. I'm Cad Bane. Everyone likes me. And she's like, well, I don't like you. And he's like, you haven't known me long enough. It's fine. I'm in, like, multiple shows, and I'm going to be in live action before you are. Ha, ha, ha. And so he leaves, and, and Omega's like, I'm sad. And for plot, Toto really wants to get his leg fixed. Must note that for plot. So Bane goes back up to his cockpit. He's just like, hey, Cameron Owens, what's going on? And they're all just like, hi, Bane. How'd it go? And he's like, well, I got the girl. And she's alive, so you're going to pay me well. And Nala says, like, I will go get Omega for reasons. But Lama Sue is being a shady bitch. And he's all like, no, you have feelings and emotions. And I need someone cold and calculating. Hey, who is that person from episode two? And Tonway just, like, pops up like, me? He's like, yeah, you'd make a good cameo. And you met Django Fett. That should qualify you, right? And Nala says, like, I, I also met Jingo Fett. And Lama Sue's like, no one fucking cares, dude. Tonway, you're gonna go get Omega. And Tonway looks at Nalase and she's like, well, that's what happens when you meet a Jedi. And I met Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, and Nalase's like, bitch, I fucking met Shakti. I met Shakti and I worked with her. And now, and Tonway is like, well, at least Obi-Wan Kenobi's still alive. Shakti has died like four times. It's fine. Bye-bye. And Tonway just like sashays out of there. And Lama Sue's like, all right, ladies, here's the plan. Nalase, well, I guess lady, because Tonway's gone. Nalase, I want you to retrieve the genetic material out of Omega when she gets here. And, and Nalase is like, okay, I can do that. And Lama Sue's like, great. And then you're going to murder her because I'm tired of this bullshit. And Nalase is like, oh, great. Okay. I will, I will not. I mean, will. I will. Bye. And uh, Nalase walks out of there also like a shady bitch. Anyway, back with Omega. She's watching Toto trying to fix his leg. And he's whining about it. He's like, my little leg is broken. And I just have to stick it back to me. And she's like, you know, I fixed Gonky and AZ5 all the time. I could totally help you with that. And he's like, no, you can't help me with that. You're a traitor. She's like, uh-huh, well, we'll see what you say now, too, okay? So we go over to the Bad Batch, and the Bad Batch are like, oh, 
this is Cad Bane. This is a big deal. He was like really popular in Clone Wars, right, Echo? And Echo was like, yeah, yeah, I heard stories about that Cad Bane guy. You know, uh, Ahsoka and Anakin used to talk about him, and like Obi Wan, like fought him once with Quinlan Boss. It was a whole thing. Like Cad Bane's cool. You know he's cool because he's been in like a lot of shit. And they're like, wow, what are we gonna do? Because he's been in more stuff than we are. That's that's a lot. But why would he want Omega? I don't know. And Tech's like, uh, because Omega is really valuable. And they all kind of look at Tech, and he's like. Yeah, guys, like, she's a first-generation genetic clone that's been completely unaltered, therefore, you know, she's being coded as trans, but I don't trust these writers as far as I can throw them, which is not very far. And they're all like, wait, she's a first-generation clone? And he's like, yeah, the only other clone is Boba Fett, and he's getting his own show, so cross fingers that we get to be on there, too. And they're all just like, oh... Where's this Boba guy? And Tech's like, I don't fucking know. He's a bounty hunter. He's somewhere. So, like, that makes Omega the it girl. And they're like, well, we can't have them have our it girl. We must save her. But not right now because we can't do anything because we don't know where she is. I guess we'll call Sid and then just twiddle our thumbs until Act 2. What did you think of Act 1? I liked it. Um, this is the no- the act where I have the most notes. The, my question is: this, Does Cad Bane maybe even knows Yo- or Yoda Boba by now? He does know Boba by now. Okay. He does. Know I wonder. Boba. I wonder if he notices the like similarities between Boba and Omega. I and don't kinda... know, and I find that very interesting. Now, my part of me thinks like because there's no time know, in this uh, that that he hears that she's an unaltered clone and uh, yeah, he but he could have done the same research that um Tech did, Tick, that Tick did. Though I don't, I don't feel like Boba would put that much effort in it. Now that said, I think if Cad found out that she is Django's kid, it's a very different story. Because a big part of the a big part of the Clone Wars story that got cut was he was purposely training Boba so he could beat him and then become the best bounty hunter in the galaxy because that's what Jango was and and Cad wants that title and I could see Cad like if he ever found out that Omega was Jango's kid he'd be like oh round two let's go <laughs> like I I just I don't put it past him but I I don't think he knows now. It's a very. I think it's a very different story if he knows now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you never know because he's play, plays everything close to his chest, so it could could be. But yeah, um, it starts out just like the last. It has a lot of like sort of echoes of the last episode in it too. With uh, uh um, it starts out with the same thing, just like boom, right at, right into a chase and 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 blasting and and running and then hunter now remember we were talking about hunter maybe not having the his um decision making part of his brain being the most his strongest part you know in his clone programming here he has to struggle over going into hyperdrive and you know like they have to everybody has to like verbally tell him like yeah that's why this is you know there's you know there's no reason for them to stay there you know at that point yeah so and and he still has to has to sort of anguish over that for a little while 
My question for you is, now that you've seen this episode, something that we talked about last week is how we thought it would be an interesting cliffhanger if it ended with Hunter getting shot and not the follow-up scene and have that little follow-up scene be here. Do you still feel that way now that you've seen the episode? Yeah, yeah, sure. It totally could have been totally could have been like that. Yeah, I think it would have been I think it would have been better for the just for the end of that. It would have it would have I I don't think it would have hurt this episode and it would have been better for the a better ending on the last episode and and some tension, you know. And then I I mean, I mean, it basically would have started the same way because the scene of him getting picked up from his point of view is. And they would have, and that was a kind of showy scene because it's expensive to do that po- those point of view shots. So you know, it would have started the show out with a with a showy little you know, um, stylized thing that they don't do very often and stuff like that. So I think it still would have worked. Yeah. Um, I like how when anybody's ever locked up in any movie or anything, especially a kid, the first thing they always try is just 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 simply going. Hey, let me out of here right now. <laughs> yeah. Like that's you gonna know, work. No, but you might as well try. It's just the first yeah. thing to try. Let me out of here right now. And then if they go, oh, okay, bloop, you go, oh, all right. You okay, know. Bye. <laughs> um and, and I thought the the bobolide, how's my asset doing? And uh was almost a almost a swearing joke, and she could have given your assets in a sling. Your assets <laughs> could be in a sling. And my only other note is I kind of I kind of love Camino politics. I like, I like watching <gasps> That's my Camino. big note is Camino I, politics. <laughs> I love watching the Caminoans, you know, who already have sketchy ethics, you know, then you see the 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 maneuvering within the sketchy ethics uh, who, has, uh, you know, and the sketchier, the sketchier making the, the less sketchy seem more moral and all that but they're all kind of sketchy so it's all it's 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 very fun to watch and and it's it's all very dramatic so and i I like it and it's more visually it's more visually appealing also than like say you know senate senate politics and clone wars because it's it's set with the caminoans who are already creepy so it's it's fun that's such a great segue because that's one of my big notes. That's all I got. So take it away. Because I agree. I love seeing the Kaminoans like chess around each other. Yeah. And I got to thinking this episode. It, and I have a lot of mixed thoughts about whether or not Nala Se actually cares for Omega. And it's hard to tell because yeah. her history with Clone Wars, like looking back into how she was in Clone Wars. She always referred to the clones as assets or things when talking with Shock T. And I remember us having that conversation about how Shock T had to play Nalase's game, where Shock T would be like, yes, the assets. And like you could tell, like Shock T hated it. And remember, Nalase is the one who fucking murdered Fives because she's yeah. the one who drugged him to make him go crazy and set him off on a path where he got shot. Like, she is the inciting incident of that that got Fives murdered. So, like, she has this history of seeing the clones as things and possessions. Where the complexity is added to this, that I'm not sure if she... Because she seems like she genuinely cares for Omega. But to play devil's advocate with my own 
like my own topic here. I have to wonder if maybe she only cares for Omega because Omega is her greatest work. And so she's trying to protect her work. Right, right. But there's also this thing where she's constantly under- undermining the prime minister because uh, uh, what's his name? Lama Sue says, hey, we don't need Omega alive. We just need her genetics. Like, like she can be dead. And now I'll say it's just like, no, I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that Omega is alive and safe because she even tells Finnick Shandon this. As long as she is with the Bad Batch, she's safe. And it's fine. And so it's really interesting because we know that this is her acting against Lama Sue will eventually get Kamino destroyed. We know this because we've already seen the finale. Right. <laughs> we know how it's gonna end. So I, I I don't I don't really know how I feel. I don't know if she actually genuinely cares for Omega because she raised Omega. She's raised her for Omega's at least 10 because we know that she's older than Rex. And Rex in this is like 10, 11, 10, 11. Let's see. She, he's 10 at the start of the series. So he'd be like 13-ish now. So we know that she's older than Rex. And so maybe it's because she did raise Omega that she actually has genuine feelings. Or maybe she's just protecting her greatest accomplishment. It's so hard to tell. And I like that, that there's really no clear answer to her motivations. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because it's very... Here's where that George Lucas stilted style pays off because it's just sort of baked into the Caminoans and and they have very they have like intonation, but very little emotion in the way they talk. You know, they they might just be like very analytically brained and who knows how they they, you know, that's probably why they're good at making it, it, you know deals and being shady because you can't read them you know and uh yeah it makes there's 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 just enough with her to give that you can make an argument either way you know yeah what what her what her you know is it is it just she's very invested in omega and you know wants wants to keep her happy and and well adjusted so she's easier to manage <laughs> you know it's hard to yeah. say because uh like the the most emotional camino in i can actually remember is in clone wars and it was the senator and the senator was like this old lady and she was hanging out with like the umbaran senator it was one of the political episodes where there was like an assassination attempt i, I think it's the episode where like um padme is like uncle dies and it's not like her uncle uncle it was the um son nymordian the rhodian that was kind of like her like right. you know like personal friend her and stuff uncle. like that yeah, her family friend yeah and the and i remember that camino in being off planet in the world of coruscant was like way more emotional and she, like she was sh- like she was also shady but she was also just like cracking jokes and stuff like that because she wasn't in that very sterile environment she had been exposed yes. to other things and so it's it's it you know it's really hard to tell and I like that and on one hand I kind of would like to get answers but also I kind of don't I kind of like the vagueness because we wouldn't yeah. be having this conversation. Yeah, and and you know, and I mean, there's there there's evidence both ways. I think there's strong evidence in in at, at the end of the episode that like yeah she she 
does have her best interests in heart, but yeah, you just you just can't tell. And and even then, that still makes Nalase really interesting because she was so cold towards Fives and all the other clones, but she loves Omega. And that would be an interesting twist where everybody else are things, but Omega's a person. And to her, which makes like Nala say this like really intricate, detailed gray character of just like fuck everybody else, but Omega's my baby. Like that's right, an interesting right. take on her too. So I don't know it's hard. It's so hard to tell. But yeah, I agree. I love watching the communal ones just like play around each other because it's that to me is like one of the most interesting parts of the show. And on one hand, I'm a little bummed that they get taken out in season one, even though it's like, it's a beautiful finale and it's like really emotional and stuff like that. Like, because they are one of the most interesting parts of the series to me, but at the same time, like, uh, uh yeah, I'm, I'm a little bummed that we lose them, but it's also still like super tragic because yes. they're great. They're great. Um, my two very shallow notes. One, is I love how suave Cad Bane is. He's so fucking hot, Chris. Oh my god. When he comes off that ladder and he walks over and he's just like, hey there, little lady. And I was just like, oh, I love you. And your new outfit is great. I do miss his coat, though. I miss his trench coat. I loved that trench coat in Clone Wars. I very much miss the trench coat. But I'm glad he still has the hat. Um, And I love my Toto. He's such a little whiner. And he's such a little asshole, too. And he's just a shit. He's just this little shit he's of a He's an droid. evil 3PO. He's, he he's... is. And we know that because he actually tortured C-3PO in Clone Wars. Right. <laughs> we know this. And he's just, he's so neurotic, but he's also just like, ugh, I love him. I love him. Toto's my favorite droid. Like, yeah, I love Chopper. I love K2SO, but, like, Toto will always be my baby. And I love him. Um, and my other, my big note, um, is kind of like a, a series of like Omega thoughts. Um, Omega thoughts. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just different things. Like when, when Omega wakes up in the cell, the first thing she does is like, look at the ray shield and kind of like reach out and touch it. And anytime, and, I, and it's, it's rebels. Anytime I see a ray shield now, I always laugh because it reminds me of one of the best jokes from Star Wars Rebels, which is the episode where Kanan, Rex, and Ezra are fighting the, the battle droids, that one. And they have this like one final battle of the Clone Wars against each other. And they get stuck in the ray shield, but Ezra has never seen a ray shield before. So he's like, oh, who's ray? <laughs> It's just this dumbass joke that I love where he's just like, who's Ray? <laughs> and so every time I see a Ray show, it always makes me laugh because it always reminds me of that. But on a more serious note, what I like about that is Omega wakes up and she immediately starts taking in her surroundings. She starts re- like looking at the Ray shield. She starts analyzing Toto. Like when Toto comes in, like she's listening to him. She's actively listening to him. And like, so she knows that like her calm is somewhere in the room with her, but she just doesn't know where. And she's just absorbing this all this information. And this note is actually for the entire episode, not just act one, but the entire episode. What I really like about this is we've seen all season the Bad Batch training Omega. And, like, they've put her through different kinds of situations. And we talked about it, how, like, Omega's kind of a mimic, but she's also kind of a sponge, and she's just absorbing all this information from all of them. And 
she saves herself. She takes all the lessons that she's learned up to this point and she saves yeah. herself. Yeah. And it all comes to a head here. And I love watching that. How it, like it's pretty much been her journey thus far and now it's put to the test because it's either save yourself or die, essentially. And she saves herself. And I think it's really cool to see her take all the lessons from the Bad Batch and apply them. Yep. You could probably you could probably go back through each episode and find all the little, you know, connect almost everything she did to something else that happened uh, at some except point. Except for except for one. And one thing got me thinking. That's a beautiful segue, Chris. Thank you so much to my last note. I love watching her play Toto because you can see her like watching Toto and then she starts playing like on him. She's just like, oh, I could fix that. You're not doing it right. You know, I could do that. And, and I was like, well, and I was like, who and she starts that? talking like a little kid. She's just sort of being a kid, just sort of like, yeah. like hanging out, playing with a toy or talking, playing with a toy and talking to her friend and just like, all right, you're going to have to hold still while I do this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And all the while she's just waiting. And, and I, Waiting and, to coldly just turn off his head. <laughs> yeah. And so I was thinking, I was like, what did the Bad Batch did she get that from? And I'm like, it's, I, 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 I can't see anyone fitting that description of where she got that tactic from. And then it dawned on me, what if she picked up that tactic, not from the Bad Batch, but from Sid? Because the first time she meets Sid, Sid is yep. playing like office. She's just another person yeah. in the bar. Like she's not, and yeah. she's playing the bad batch. She's pretending not to be Sid, and she's pretending to be aloof. And Omega sleuths it out, and I was like, "Wouldn't that be cool if she's not only picking up tactics from the bad batch, but she's also getting that from Sid as oh, well?" Oh, she definitely is. And Sid actually has like really like Sid instantly figured out how smart and and what a fast learner she is. So Sid's actively been. Sid knows that everything she gives to her, she's going to absorb. So she's been consciously, consciously. T- yeah, I mean, she, she flat out said, "Here's what you do with the with your bow," you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Omega picked it up, and so I yeah. thought that was because, like, it doesn't fit a tactic that any. Because we've seen these boys, they're fucking lost in the universe. They don't even yeah. know how to like bribe a like a, a a ports person. Like they they don't know that. But that's a very streetwise move that I could definitely see, like Sid being like, if you're ever in a jam, you need to pretend to be a kid because you are a kid and people yeah. will will, will um, underestimate you. And I was just like, that's really cool if that's what that's supposed to be. It totally is, even oh, yeah. e- even though he's a re- even though he's a, just a, you know, just a robot. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. But that's all I have for Act 1. Did you have anything else? I do not. All right, so you want to get into all the cool stuff? This is where all this, sh- all this shit sort of happens in Act 2, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did kind of end this in a weird, awkward place because I was like, if I don't end this here, they're just going to run around and fight for seven minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. <clears throat> Act 2. So Mecca is watching Toto, and Toto's just like, my leg is not working. And she's just like, well, you know, I could help you, and I'm just a weak little kid, you know? I mean, where am I going to go? It's a ship, and we're in hyperspace. It's not like I can go anywhere. And Toto's like, you're right. You can't go anywhere. Where would you go? Fine. And 
so he goes over and he lets her out. And the whole time she's just like watching him. Like, okay, that's how his boosters work. That's what I need to know. And she just comes out and she starts putting Toto back together. And she's like, so tell me about your friend, Cad. How is he? And he's like, he is fine. He's only blown me up once and had to rebuild me. But, you know, we're BFFs. And I, I love that man. I will fight for him forever. And she's like, are you sure... Are you sure he's your friend? And he's like, yeah. You're not going to trick me on that one, kid. I serve Cad Bane. And she's like, all right, all right. So she purposely puts his leg on backwards. So she has to recalibrate on the back of his head. And it, just like that, Omega knocks out Toto. And she's like, bye, bitch. And she starts looking for her comm device. Because she's like, I know it's somewhere in the room. <laughs> I got to find it. And during all this... Cad Bane suavely comes out of hyperspace because he's gorgeous and he comes out and they're at the planet Bora Vio. I had to look it up and it's an old Kaminoan cloning facility but nobody knows that yet and he's just like hey Toto come help me land this ship but Toto doesn't answer and Cad's like I'm suspicious. And he gets a brand new toothpick and he puts his new toothpick in his mouth and it's time to go look for stuff. And Omega's just like, oh shit, oh shit, where's my shit? Where's my shit? I need my shit. I need my shit. I'm sorry, she's a child. She wouldn't say that. She goes, where's my stuff? Where's my stuff? So where's my stuff? Where's my stuff? And she finally finds her comm device and she's just like, I got it! And then Cad Bane comes down the stairs to find... Omega is gone, and Toto is off. And he goes, he's just like, fuck it, Toto. And he turns on Toto. <laughs> and it's my favorite scene. It's so cute where Toto wakes up, and he's just like, but Mr. Bane, she's right here. <gasps> oh, no. And like, Seth Green is so good in that delivery. It's so sweet. He's just like, it's so sweet that just the... Oh no! It, it, I love it. I love it so much. I love you, Toto. You're my baby, and you'll always be I my th- baby. I, I think he was uh, lying. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was covering his ass. I could see that too, because it's very much in Toto's character to be like, "Fuck!" Oh, I'm not did I do that? Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, don't blow me, because we we know Cat. Cat Cat has already blown up Toto once. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely saving his ass. Anyway, outside, Omega's fucking running towards the building as fast as she can, and she's just, like, slapping her calm, like, t- like Hunter, 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 I'm freaking out, freaking out. My my Fitbit thinks I am sprinting right now. Because I was smacking my Fitbit, and it's like, are you running right now? Great. And I was like, thanks, Fitbit. Thanks for thinking I'm exercising. Um, anyway, so she's, like, frantically calling Hunter, and she gets through, and they're all just like, Omega, baby, are you okay, Omega? Are you okay, sweetie? Where are you, baby? We'll come pick you up. And she's like, I need fucking help! (laughs) They're like, where are you? And the thing is, is, like, the transmission is, like, super duper choppy, because it's long range. So Tech's like, all right, Omega, listen up. I need you to find the power MacGuffin, because without this power MacGuffin, we can't track you. And she's like, all right, all right, find the power of MacGuffin. And and he's like, is there a panel no- nearby? And she walks over and she stops. She's like, yeah, there's a panel here. And it's a lot of Cam- Kaminoan tech. I think I'm in a Kaminoan base. And but before anything can happen, K- 
Cad Bane comes out of the fog and he's just like, hey there, little lady. And I love that. I love that he goes, by hook or by crook, you're coming with me. And so I was like, ah. Uh, guys, I, I, I fought Chris last week and I did not enjoy Cad Bane. I am enjoying him here. So here we go. This is, this is what I didn't do last week. And like he captures her and puts binders on her, and he totally put binders on me. It's fine. And he destroys her calm, and she's just like, "Oh no!" And on the ship, Toto's like, "Look at my little legs. I'm so cute." He's like, "Oh no, a ship is coming in, Mr. Bane." I love that he calls him Mr. Bane. Mr. Bane, a ship is coming in. And Cat is like, "Fuck a ship!" And she's like, "My friends are going to stop you because I'm, because they're the bad batch and they're the protagonists." And he goes, really? They're the protagonists? I'm not scared of that. And so Book of Boba Fett, I don't have to get scared of that. But then, a shot rings out. And they're all on guard. And and Cad, like, pulls Omega behind him. Not to protect her, because he's like, this is my cash cow. I must protect her. Um, and Omega's like, it's my friends. They're coming to get you. But when they turn a corner, there's a body on the ground. And the smoke clears, and it's Tan Wei, and she's dead. And Omega's like, oh, we need to help her. And he's like, nah, she's dead. <laughs> Don't worry about it, kid. And another figure comes out of the smoke. And it's Phoenix Shand, everybody. And she's the one that killed Tan Wei. And Phoenix's like, hey, what's going on, Cad? Look what I got. I got your box of money. And Cad's like, that's my box of money. And she's like, yeah, but you're on my score. And he's like, oh, am I? Because I'm the one with Omega. Doesn't that make it my score? And Omega's like, can I can I go? Like, if you guys are going to be doing this for a while, I'm just going to go. And they're both like, sit down! And Omega's like, okay. And Omega just like sits on the ground, just like, just don't shoot me, guys, because I have a bad feeling about what's about to happen. And Finnick's like, I'll tell you what, Cad. You just give me the girl, and I'll give you the money. I think that's fair. And Bane's like, that is fair. Except for, look out. And she's like, what do you mean, look out? And Toto pops out of the smoke, and he's like, I have the money now, bitch! And then, they start to fight. And pew-pews break out. And I'm ending it here, because it's just seven minutes of fighting from here till the end of the episode. All right. All right, Why we got part three done, too. Say what? This is, this is Toto's second yoink in two episodes. <laughs> and it, it really is. He's the yoinker. Oh, yeah. that sounds gross. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they're they're kind of they're kind of sleazy. So the yoinker um, sounds like a really like funny porn name. Like, hey guys, look, welcome to my OnlyFans. I'm the yoinker. Watch me yoink one off. It's the yoinker's porn bonanza. He's like a host to, oh, like, you know, like that old horror movie host, except he introduces <laughs> porno movies. I thought you said the yoinker's porn banana. Bonanza. I know, the, I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yoinker's porn, porn, porn banana is a different thing altogether. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. I think uh, the animation on Cad Bane, like, now that we've jumped a couple levels it just his physicality is is way better in this so he's just great he's just, they they just play him as like a oh, human toothpick and so his smart. body language and his movements mm. are are mm. like are up a few uh, up a few levels and he's just more dynamic to watch 
Mm. Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> he I was love hot the, uh, in Clone Wars when he was a blacky puppet monster, and now I'm just like, oh, he's a man now. And I like how the the clone juice is is just a sickly green color. We are not there yet. Says, I promise you, we're gonna have uh, a lot about pickled people. Um. Okay, yes, so that might be all. Gross. That might that might I'll be uh, all I have. Yeah, that that's all I have then. <laughs> For all my sorry. other notes go into Act Three. Yeah, sorry, I cut okay. it off like right at the start of the fight because I was like, "There's seven minutes left." Oh my god! And they're just gonna be fighting for seven minutes. It's yeah. great. I love it. Um. All right, so here's my thing. My tinfoil hat theory. Are you ready? I think at some point. I don't know what show, and I don't know where. <coughs> I, I think we're going to be coming back to this planet again at some point. Because yeah. it's whether it's Bad Batch Season 2, whether it's Mando Season 3, or sometime in the sequel trilogy, but you have an abandoned cloning facility, and who needs to make clones? Papa Palpatine. And... Like, so it just, it's such, especially with Camino gone, like Camino's blown up by the end of the season. Someone has to use this facility again. Yeah, so. this could have been, a, this could have just been at a remote spot in Camino or something, you know, if they wanted to do that. But they created this extra cloning facility and, and give you a few hints about it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I just, I don't know where it's going to show up again, though. That's the only thing. Like, I, I could see it, because we've already seen Pickled Snokes and Mandalorian. Um, we know in the sequel trilogy that Snoke's been pickled. We saw that in Rise of Skywalker. It could also be in Bad Batch Season 2, because maybe Nala is like, hey, I know where a cloning facility is. Like, but it's such a ripe storytelling location yeah. that... yeah. It's no, I could totally see them needing the the cloning facility maybe for like young Boba Fett or, or Omega like we have to treat them we, we we can't do their genetics without any Camino facilities. Oh, you know, what about that one place we went to, you know, and yeah. maybe they'll maybe they'll they'll come there as you know, there's the the Empire or you know, Palpatine's guys are setting up their lab or something. Who knows? There's there's yeah, definitely though. Oh, that's so sad, though, because, like, Omega tells Hunter, like, I don't want to be put into a tube. And, like, what if they had to save her life and put her in a tube? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be so sad. That makes me sad to think about. Um, I know all the focus in Book of Boba Fett was about Cat and Boba in the finale. But I wish we got more in that series around Finnick and Cad because they have just as much history. And my God, Finnick walks away from this episode with Cad Bane pissed off at her. <laughs> and yeah, and I even if it's just like a little thing. And now I will say it like I only watch that might just be day to day. That might be like you know day to day for bounty hunters. There, yeah. Know. And now I, I will say I've only seen Book of Boba Fett once, so I can't remember if Finnick said anything when Cad showed up. Like she might have said something. I, I just don't remember. Um, so if it is, feel free to correct me. I could be wrong. Um, but I, I would have 
and, and um, that's just that's just a general feeling I have about Book of Boba Fett is I wish it had an extra episode or two in general just so it could all mesh a little bit better together because there's a lot of stuff here and I would love to have a moment where like Finnick and Boba were just like it's Cad Bane and she's like oh I fought Cad Bane he's like oh really let's talk about that for a minute like there's like I that that's just a general criticism I have about that show but um, I wish they just did something more there because this is really interesting. And she is a young gun, and he is a old school veteran, and they're beating the shit out, or they're about to beat the shit out of each other, not doing it quite yet. Um, and my only other note is I like this kind of like switch and bait storytelling because they really take the time when Omega is fixing Toto to try and like build up the story of like maybe she can convince him to join her and she's like and she's talking to him and she's like and that's a mas- very predictive that's a very that's a beat that they would take in a show like this too so yeah where she's just like your master is really mean to you and he's like no he's really nice and she's like is he really nice is he really and it feels like they're setting like setting it up where Toto's he didn't blow you up or anything did he use you as a tool to blow up the jedi temple or anything did he because that wouldn't yeah. be very friendly right and like it, it feels like a setup where where Toto's gonna be just like yeah cad bane really does treat me meanly and i'm gonna help you yeah, out no. it's, nope. uh, that doesn't work with people's droids yeah people you, nope. your, droid, your, droid, your droid's your dog you know what i mean nope, and like even even kick, even kick dogs will fight for their asshole owners that little asshole droid is an asshole from beginning to end, and he is just like, I don't give a fuck if Cad yeah. Bane blows me up again. I will fight for this man, <laughs> and I love that. And that's that's something I would actually. That's really... What R two would do, right? Right, right, and like I, I'd actually love to see this kind of story beat more. Um, where it's that where they take these kind of like tropes, these like these like story tropes. And then turn the expectation because that's a really fun moment where where it seems like that's what they're setting up. And honestly, it's just for for one, it's just Omega playing Toto so she can knock him out. But it's also setting up the audience expectation to turn it on its head. And I just I love stuff like that. I wish they did it more. That's some good storytelling. I really enjoy that moment. So that's all I have for act two. You ready to talk about pickled people? I am. And, and I want to hear so, your green slimy light note. Yeah, I got a green slime note. Yep. So act three. Act three. Ding, 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 ding! In this corner, it's Phoenix Shan! And in that corner, it's Cad Bane! And they're about to fight! Let's fucking go! And poor Omega is just like... <laughs> and pew, pew, pews! Break out. I spat all over my microphone. There we go. Okay, okay. We're good now. We're good now. And they break out and pew, pew, pews. And Phoenix all just like pew, pew. And Cat's like pew, pew. And poor Omega's like laying on the floor, like, please don't hit me, guys. I'm just a little girl. <laughs> like, really. Like, she's like laying on the ground, just being like and like slithering away. It's so poor girl. And like, Cad Bane throws a grenade and Kinnick and, and Finnick kicks it out the fucking window like a badass. And it hits Toto and explodes and the case pops open and they lose all the money. And like and like Finnick and Bane just like kind of look at each other, just like, fuck. And he's like, yeah, I know. 
you want to fight some more? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I, I want to punch you in the face now. And they fight more. And Omega's like, well, they're busy. I'm just going to get the heck and heck out of here. And she runs. And she's like, run, 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 run. And Phoenix's like, no, wait. And so she turns and she knocks like Bane out for a minute, like with a grenade. And she takes off after him. And Toto's all just like, don't worry, Mr. Bane. I'm going to get our bounty back. And they are all chasing her and stuff like that. And so, you know, with Bane out of commission, then we can have some plot. So... The plot of this is Omega runs, and she runs into a secret room. I guess it's not really a secret room. It's a cloning facility, so it's not secret. She runs into a room, and it's full of green, sickly, pickled people. And it's all these tubes. And they're not pickled snokes. Because I did pause the images, and I, and I looked at all of them. They're not pickled snokes. But one day they might be. And she's just like, oh god, <laughs> why am I here? And she goes over, and Omega finds a panel, and she turns it on, and she opens up a little satellite thing, she contacts the Bad Batch, and the Bad Batch are just like, It's our baby! And they, they, they all go and start heading back towards Omega, and the Bad Batch are on their way. And, and as Omega is trying to, like, figure out stuff, Finnick arrives, and she's just like, Hey, kid. And Omega's like, I don't want to go with you. You killed Tan Wei. She was a minor character in a movie. And Phoenix's like, yeah, yeah, but that was a good thing because Lama Sue, the Prime Minister, wants to harvest you and kill you. And Omega just kind of like slowly looks at the pickled people, realizing that that's going to be her. And she kind of looks back at, at Finnick. And she's just like, oh, well, that's not great. And, and Finnick comes over and she softens and she's just like, kid, I'm trying to help you. It's going to be okay. You just have to come with me. And then Toto arrives. And Toto's just like, I'm here to distract you, Finnick, for two whole seconds. Ow! Your, your knives are now in my body. Are you thoroughly distracted, Finnick? And Finnick's like, yes, I am. Wait, why am I distracted? Because... Oh, it's so gross! Omega! Omega took the time. And she, uh... She releases a pickled person and dumps the pickled person on top of Fennec. And it's slimy and it's gross and it's moist. Guys, it's so moist. It's just the moist thing. It sounds and, naked too. Oh, it's so gross. And Fennec is just laying on the ground just like, oh my god. What the fuck is my life right now? Why is there a slimy, gross, moist, naked person laying on top of me. Oh my god. And Omega's like, okay, bye! And she runs down the hallway. And as she's out in the hallway, she looks down at, like, a lower platform, because, like, they're, they're, it's essentially Sky City. So she, or Cloud City, I should say. And, like, there's some platforms, and she's like, wow, cool, flight pods! That's helpful. But then, Cad Bane's awake. He's like, it's time for me to come back into the plot from being casually knocked out for seven minutes. It's fine. And as he comes to get Omega, Finnick, <laughs> Finnick slips out of there like an otter because she's full of slime now and slides into the room. <laughs> and she's just like, ha I'm slimy now. Let's fight. And they fight some more. And Omega's like, okay, well... Well, you two that do that, I'm just gonna go and climb down this ladder. Okay, bye! And she starts climbing down the ladder. And as she's outside, 
really, really, really high up, Toto shows up and he's like, hey there, I'm here to fight you. And she's like, bitch, you're here to help me. And she jumps on Toto and his little boosters are just like, ah, and she uses her weight to to casually like like fall down like it's it's not even flying it's just like slow motion falling and they crash into the ground and baby girl is limping guys baby girl is hurt and she starts limping and she limps to a flight pod and she opens it and she gets in and she turns it on and she zooms on out of there and toto's like oh fuck <laughs> he, he flies back up and he sees like finnick and cat are still fighting and he's like hey guys Guys! Guys! And they stop, and, and he's like, the girl's gone. So, like, like Finnick, like, punches Cat in his head, and he, like, kind of hits her a little bit, and then they look at each other, and they're like, yeah, you want to just go back to our ships? And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's go. And so they start, like, running back to our ships, and our baby girl is flying, and Omega's like, yes, I'm getting away! And then the flight pod is really old, and it starts falling back to Earth, and she's just like, ah, 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 ah! And she starts bracing for impact, and she starts wincing, and she's like, oh no! And I guess the Bad Batch ship has a tractor beam? I guess? I've never seen it before, but I guess they do. Because the Bad Batch are there! And they catch her flight pod, and the door opens, and there's there's Wrecker, and Omega's just like, oh my god, my family! And Baby Girl limps over to them, and they whole hug her, and they like want to make sure. And a hunter's like, are you okay? Are you hurt? And and Omega's like, I am not okay. I saw pickled people. I watched bounty hunters punch each other. And I want to know why I am so special. And, and Hunter's like, well, first of all, you're the protagonist of a TV show. So therefore, you're special. And that's it. And Echo is like, Hunter, just tell her. And they're like, all right, all right, Omega. And they sit her down, and they start explaining why she's the protagonist. And during all this, Cat and Toto try to fly after the Bad Batch, but Finnick has disabled her sh their ship, and Cat's just like, well, fuck! I need something to blow up. Toto, start walking. <laughs> and Toto's like, fine, I love you too, sir. And they walk off. And during all this, Finnick Shannon calls Nalase, and she's all like, hey, Omega's back with a Bad Batch. You want me to go after her? And Alice is like, nope, here's your money, bye-bye. And she's like, all right, fucking whatever, dude. Call me if you need me. And that's it for Cad Bane and Finnick Shand in season one. Later on that night, the Bad Batch are, are sleepy, and they're all taking their nappy naps, except for Hunter. And Omega goes up front, and she sits with them, and she's like, Hunter, I don't want to be a pickled person. Can you, I don't want to do that. Can you, but, but how are we going to? How are we gonna stop that from happening? And Hunter's like, don't worry, Omega. I will protect you. I will fight every person in the galaxy. And I promise you, we will never, ever go back to Kamino, except for in the season finale. The end. <laughs> I remember when we were cheating on whatever show we were talking about, prob probably The Mandalorian. It had to be Rebels. It, or rebels, rebels or Resistance. We were either just finishing uh, yeah, Rebels or Resistance. Resistance. Actually, it resistance. was Resistance. It was Resistance. And we cheat and, and talk about the Bad Batch. I remember both of us going, well, they're definitely going to Camino." <laughs> yep, yep. It would have been Resistance because this was last year. And we spent all last year on Resistance. So 
hundred percent they're going to Camino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I remember um, that. Sickly green co- clone juice. Like, <laughs> I, I find it really funny that green is like the color of nature, and like and and stuff like you know just sort of symbolically it's plants and stuff, but it's also the the symbolic color for like rot and evil and you know even the opposite of nature because like you know something like glowing radioactive chemicals are usually glowing green so i just i love i love that they use green to just to to signify whatever's in here is old oh it's old and bad you know the old like old from like the algae sort of color color like it's sort of soured in there and and bad just because the green just says it's like yeah it's kind of actually i i disagree do you know what to me is the grossest color it's very specific no baby poop yellow oh yeah that's a pretty gross color specifically it's not yellow it's baby poop yellow it's sickly it's a sickly yellow puppies sometimes poop that too mm -hmm. puppies have a little orange in it but that's that's what all gross colors should be it's the grossest color it would make sense too in cloning to it, it that would be yeah that would be a good nice sickly yellow color yeah and imagine yeah, yeah. it glowing like if it's a glowing baby poop yellow Ooh. uh so i have a lot of notes but they're all just like they're all just like that looked cool because we're in that part but um uh you know how usually like in in Star Wars, when someone goes into hyperspace, they like will either turn around or they'll just sort of be flying away and then they'll just go kapoom and go into hyperspace. I love this because it had a 3D turn into hyperspace. Yeah, they had go, right. They had to go up, down, and around to get pointed in the right direction, and then they went into hyperspace. And that's very unusual visually. And I just I like that they that they did that. That's that would be more in line with actually what they would have to do to go somewhere you know i i feel like you had a similar note sometime in rebels and you're like what's stopping them from coming in from the top yeah 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 (laughs) just just visual yeah just visual coherences and what the way people see things but they were the only spaceship on the screen so it was you know you could follow what was going on so it was but um yeah um didn't Toto lose parts when he got blown up? I thought he got like a, his leg blown off again. It looked like parts of him went flying when he got. Oh, it blown was the credits. It was the credits. Oh, that was the credits. Okay. Yeah, because he was holding the case in front of him, and the grenade hit the case, and it threw him backwards. But it popped open the case, and all the credits fell out. Yeah. And but and here's I, the... I do I do like though um, they kept his slash marks because Finnick hits him with two knives one in the head and one in the stomach and he has those slash marks for the rest of the episode I thought that was a nice little detail I didn't notice that um, but yeah this is where you get the 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 sense that she's looking out for for Omega because like she she's like yeah don't go after her. she's safer with the with the clones than you know. So she, so that was like she wasn't try, like it's showed that maybe she's not as concerned with her being with her as just being safe, you know, which is more parental. But you never know that it also could be a calculation that that yeah, it would be better if if she had her with her, 
then she would be a target too, and she would have to go on the run with her. So better let the the bad batch go on the run with her. And guess what? They're trained fighters, so not her. I, that, that's actually very close to my big note. So is it cool if I slide in here right now? Yeah, fast? yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'll mine. I'll mine our little ping pings. So I I agree with that, and um, I really hope we get to see Finnick again in future Bad Batch seasons because she has a very interesting dynamic with Omega. And because here's the thing, if if Finnick didn't care even a little bit, she would not be giving Omega life advice because she gives her advice, advice, you can only rely on yourself. You can't rely on other people. If she didn't fucking care, then she would just like stun the girl and got out of there if she didn't care. And so I, I think they could do some really cool stuff with Finnick and Omega because it would lay down some background extra groundwork. For Book of Boba Fett, because uh-huh, uh-huh. if Finnick found out, especially especially if Finnick found out that somehow Omega was connected to Boba, when she actually meets Boba and Mando in Book of Boba Fett, that would give a lot of extra context of like why she stuck around with Boba. But at the moment, we we know that she doesn't know this, and so I I think I think that would be really interesting to have to bring Finnick back, not all the time, like. I, I would actually be okay if if we didn't see her in season two, but maybe bring her back in like season three or something. Or if she was back in season two, it's just like a like one appearance. Because wouldn't, wouldn't it be fun if if Omega shows up with with you know the the adult Boba Fett that we that we know, and she looks exactly like boba fett <laughs> she's like well she looks like tamura Mor- uh, the the female version of tamura oh. morrison wouldn't that be fucking great if she was like you know i i think that would be great you know because she looks like you know she's like a little girl and stuff but she grows up like tough you know like with a with a like barrel like like a like a she would it would sort of look like a like a stereotypical like 70s movie German Fraulein, you know what I mean? Oh, in the Lederhosen with the big muscles, yeah, and, like, yeah, you know, when I think that would be like, oh, I'll just say it, a big, big bull dyke, um, um, Omega looking, you know, <laughs> bald head, tough, you know, because, because Boba Fett, you know, I mean, I mean. Jango Fett was a dashing guy because he was a younger Tamura Morrison, but uh, um, but he, you know, he he got into some shit. But you know, Omega probably will too, you know. And so I I just think that would be great, and it would be instead of like they're gonna pick some like pretty 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 Australian woman, you know, traditionally pretty. Um. Australian lady to play player, and I would I I I think it would be fun if she was a bruiser. Tamora from Tamora, is he from New Zealand? He's New Zealand. Yes, yes. As long as she's uh Maori, so just like Tim. Um, but yeah, I I think that'd be interesting. I I don't want to see like Finnick all the time, but I I definitely think they should. Pepper and Finnick here and there in future season seasons, if anything, just to kind of lay down extra groundwork. Um, Cause I think it'd be cool if she finds out that like, 
that um, Omega is a Fett. Because then when she, if we find out that she gets this relationship with Omega and like she finds out and Finnick finds out that Omega is a Fett and all that, then it adds a lot of context for when she meets Boba. When she's just like, oh, Boba Fett. And then be like, oh, well, maybe this is one of the reasons why she stuck around because she knew his sister and stuff like that. So I, I uh-huh. hope they bring Finnick back because that's a very interesting dynamic. All right, continue the rest of your little notes because the rest of my notes are a little too. That, that's my only one. I really, note. Yeah. Um, there's, I only have two other notes and they're super shallow. I love the thruster fig- physics of uh, Bane's foot thrusters. I've always, I love but, how he has to kind of like throw himself over the railing. Like he's just yes, like, yes. Oh. He, he, he sort of, he sort of throws himself and at the same time does like, it's, it's cartoony, but physically with his body and the way he moves, it, it works where he just sort of like around the arms at the time too. His arms are tied up. So he has to kind of like, yes, yeah, kind of just, like yeah, 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 like yeah, a fish. Kinda, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. And, and you can tell, like, well, one thing that they like to do with when people have thrusters on their feet is they just fly around like Superman. But it would be super hard. You would have to keep your feet, like, you know, aligned correctly so you would fly straight and stuff. It would probably be very hard. And you can see him just, like, one foot will go up a little more than another. And he's constantly got to adjust it, you know. He's got to pedal around with his feet to, to make it work and... uh it's really, it's, it's really cool. It it's feels really, really realistic, whether it is or not. And that might be an animation change, because I, I need to go back and look at it, because it's been a hot minute since I've seen it. But when he's fighting Obi-Wan and Quinlan Voss, his flying is actually pretty damn smooth. And the yeah. fact that he's... And maybe he's struggling here because he doesn't have his arms to balance him, and that could be part of it. But and yeah, they, it does they, they add probably an extra have this realism. advance in animation that they can go like, let's get a little more detailed with this, you know? Yeah, yeah, because so, they don't have yeah. to worry about like, you know, trying to balance the character model. Because before they could just, like you said, they could just move them around like Superman, like the character model. Yeah. But now it's a little bit more realistic. So yeah, I, I'd have to go back and look at it because I, I don't quite remember if it was smooth or not. But I, I feel like it was. It's, it's been a while since I've seen that fight. I feel like I, I feel like it was too. Yeah, and my only other note is I love his ship. I want, uh, I would love to have a model or a, a, a nice little model of Cad Bane's ship. I don't know why. I just love the design of it. It's a cool little ship. I also like Phoenix yeah. ship too. Um, it's got a little more complex design. His has a little more complex design than most Star Wars ships, so it's like a little harder to get to see exact, you know, you have to process more looking at it to see how it's set up and it's very angular and neat like him. It's, it's really cool. He is angular and neat. Yeah. <laughs> Just like him. He's probably a little anal retentive. Um, so for the rest, like I said, the rest of my notes are shallow. Uh, I, I just love watching Finnick and Bane brawl it out for like seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's an interesting fight because there's a lot of ebb and flow. Like she'll get knocked out, and then he gets knocked out, and they today in notes for Charles, Bane pulls out his flamethrower. <laughs> Charles fucking hates flamethrowers in Star Wars. He thinks they're the most useless things, and uh, most of the time they, I mean, they sort of they are <laughs> they sort of prove out to be yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, it's such a good ebb and flow fight. And I like how they use Toto. Like, Toto's not always there in the fight, but he's there just enough to, like, kind of give Bane an upper hand. And that, that, that tells a lot of, like, training that probably Bane and, and Toto have done. Yeah. You know, for Toto to know to come up behind Finnick and steal the money. Like, that's that's probably something he programmed him to do. Um, so I love it. And then I started thinking, like, we so rarely just get bounty hunters just fighting. Because usually it's like the Empire versus the Bounty Hunters or the Rebels versus the Bounty yeah. Hunters or like the good, like the Ghost Crew versus Bounty Hunters. I can't think of the, except for maybe Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett is the only other time I can think about it. Have we ever seen just Bounty Hunters fucking beating the shit out of each other? I mean, I guess technically we got that in Resistance when Sonara fought that Bounty Hunter in season two, but she's a pirate, but it, it's still that scum and villainy. So like it just, it doesn't happen a lot just to see like, two scum and villainy characters just going at it and it's awesome yes. <laughs> i don't want to see it all the time but it's like just the right amount of just being like yes it's great here pickled people are gross yeah and and you know i had to freeze frame that pickled person to see how snoke like it looked and it looked more like an alien gray than anything else i think it's supposed to be because the, the thing about the kaminoans is they, it's like part Kaminoan, maybe. It's like got the yeah. body, but the head is like an alien gray. It's like the head is bigger with the big almond eyes. Yeah, and because I, I remember reading about the Kaminoans, that the reason they had to start cloning was because their planet flooded. So they had to clone themselves to save their species. And so that just makes me think that, like, that is just like a Kaminoan from, like, maybe a hundred years ago or something like uh -huh. that. Like that's what yeah, they used to yeah. look like. And oh, it's so gross. And just like Finnick just laying there with like a naked, moist, dead person on her. And just <laughs> like, I, I, I wish been, they... it's been sort of sitting in sketchy fluid for God knows how long. And I kind of wish they did like a comedy shot there where they just like flash a shot to like Finnick's face of just being like, what the fuck? Like they missed a com a moment for a really good subtle joke of just well, like showing her comedy. It could have been comedy or horror at that point, you know. Yeah, it, it could have been both. Very, I mean, I think they should. I I would have played the horror note in that because anything to do with those clone containers is sort of indicative of Palpatine. So I would make it like more of a more more it, it, less of a slapstick moment and more of a just like that's actually kind of funny because my next note is i remember the first time i watched this episode and i thought they were going to do a jump scare with something in the tube like slamming up on the tube or something like that like yeah, i yeah. thought they were going to go that note and if they did go that note then it could be a horror note where Omega jumped, like dumped something still alive on Finnick, and Finnick would have been like, pew, 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 pew it's on me. Oh, God. Yeah, it just like <laughs> looked at her and like opened its eyes and was like, Wah. and I could just see Finnick just being like, all right, gun to head, pew, yeah. <laughs> go away. But like, yeah, they really, like, it does kind of have a horror beat, but they could have went way worse with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the only other note I have is I love the end scene when Omega gets back with the Bad Batch. And, like, like Wrecker pulls her out of the tube and she's back with the guys. And Hunter has learned the lesson from Cut Lane. 
because the very first things out of Hunter's mouth is, are you okay? Are you hurt? And he says it in the exact same tone that Cutler Quain did when she uh-huh. was attacked by the Nexu. And I was like, that's some nice character development on Hunter. It's the exact same cadence, too, because he's like, are you okay? Are you hurt? Like, he says it just like it. I, I like that. I, I really like that moment, so. Hunter learned things. But that's it's all about I... time. Yeah, right? <laughs> so fucking slow. He learned a lesson. Hooray. <laughs> That's all I have for this episode. Do you have anything else? I do not. All right, Chris, score up this episode for me. I gave it an eight point five. I thought it was a oh. it was a it was a really good episode. Uh, just wasn't as visually beautiful as the, the last one. The way you that were talking, only... I thought you were going to score it way lower. No, no, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I mean, it was. I mean, I love Cad watching Cad Bane in action too. So I, you know, this was full of. And like Fennec Shan at the time was just like a new character they were introducing, but like watching it the second time, now you have more perspective on her, and it's it's more fun the second time. Mm. So, yeah, I I liked it. Yeah, I I love this episode. <laughs> I was thinking about it, and of course we still have the rest of the season. Um, the Cutler Queen episode is still my favorite. This might be my second favorite episode um, of the season so far. Because it's just, it's awesome. There's so much cool stuff. Um, I love seeing Omega take all the lessons that she's learned and having to apply them. And she saves herself. Like, and that's such a cool moment for her that they're, they're not there. She has out and she saves mm-hmm. herself. And, I mean, come on. It's Phoenix Shand versus Cad fucking Bane. It's so cool to watch. And my baby Toto is there too. And I take like story expectations with Toto and like turn it on his head. Like there's so much good stuff here. I give it a nine out of 10. I love this episode. It's so good. <laughs> so much in it. Uh, you know, in, in hindsight too, depending on how the rest of the season goes, that might get bumped up to a 9.5 because like, honest, I, I'm, I'm kind of tempering it. Cause I just, I don't remember rest the rest of the season very well right 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 but, me neither so, i i'm very sketchy about everything in here until the the end <laughs> until the two-parter at the end which i remember yeah. very clearly because that's the thing like from episode one up to this episode i remember so strongly from here to the rest of the season like i remember the hera episodes but I don't remember really anything else. <laughs> like I know that right. I know we have the two Hera episodes coming. So um, I just I don't remember anything else. So they just didn't leave strong impressions on me. So well, if we leave strong impressions on you, we'd love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Teacher Freaks Facebook page. And this week, our feedback comes from Twitter from our friend Charles. Ooh, I better uh, scroll down. This is a long one. He Ooh, sent wee. us a nine tweet response to this episode. Yay! All <laughs> nine right. Tweets. Holy shit. And it was for the Bad Batch episode aftermath. Actually, Charles has been really sweet because like Twitter's been doing this really weird thing that after some time it won't show me like quote tweets. And I've been having to send them to myself to so I could save these. And Charles has been really sweet and he's been DMing me his responses. Just to make sure I could find them easily. Because he's a really sweet boy. And I love him. I love you so much. And Charles, I hope you 
you have a really good time at Star Wars Celebration with Chris. And I'm sad I can't be with you guys. And hopefully I'll be there next year and we could just go and be like dipshit gays together. <laughs> dipshit gays. Not even like gays, just dipshit gays. Because <laughs> when the what? when me when me, Charles and Chris get in a room, it gets spite like it gets salty and like it gets, gets a little dipshitty, does it? Yeah, yeah. If you guys go, it's a little dippy, does it? Yeah, and it, it's funny because I, st- I still have never talked to Charles, co-podcaster Bradley. I still haven't talked to Bradley yet because I've only been on Charles High Republic episodes with him and Chris, and um, it, so like I, I like I kind of just think like Bradley's like this mythical person who doesn't actually exist. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Which I know is not true because I've listened to like other episodes of Gold Squadron Days. So I, I know world, Bradley he's exists. He's been world building on Bradley for his whole podcast. and just <laughs> Yes, but all right. But this is for our first Bad Batch episode aftermath. So take it away, Chris. Okay. Charles says, uh, listening to the new J guys. And one thing that Hope brings up that I don't feel like I got to go into it and uh, enough in our own coverage on gold squadron gaze was the fact that if the clones did not have the inhibitor chips they would be undergoing the same confusion as the bad batch the clone wars multimedia project basically everything before clone the clone wars movie did not really characterize a lot of the clones the way the 2008 show does and the inhibitor chips did not exist at the time this had the side effect of order 66 mainly being framed from the jedi's point of view the clones simply followed orders for the most part and gunned the Jedi down. But an interesting story element I felt was lost with the introduction of the chips in season five of the Clone Wars was that the individual clones had to grapple with the idea that the Jedi betrayed the Republic, the thing they fought and died for, and were different in their responses. Uh, Cody quips about killing Obi-Wan in the Revenge of the Sith novelization. Um... Some clones simply elect not to follow the order. There's different responses and reactions. We also didn't see a lot of the post-66 clone response, as I suspect a lot of that would have come into play in the canceled Underworld show. Oh, yeah. I never thought of that. They just sort of fade out. They just sort of fade away. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Bad Batch addresses a lot of this and made the inhibitor chips less a cop-out as to why the clones we saw in uh, TCW, who are, again are very different than the Clone Wars multimedia project, would up and murder the Jedi and more a story about free will and control. All this to say that I used to prefer the Legends version more, but TBB turned me around and now I dig the whole idea of insidious mind control and how fanaticism affects people living surrounded by it but not participating get it insidious i'll see myself out oh yeah <laughs> i keep going into paul Ke- c kelly mode I'm sorry you're going like <laughs> I'm laughing I, just, I just as soon as i saw i see i'll see myself out i just hear it in paul kelly i'll see myself out oh yeah drop my joke i'll see myself out Anyway, please go listen to Jay guys so they can get a get Yoda a proper onset trailer. Ooh, I, do we want that? He freaks my cat out every time he comes over for drinks. Yeah, keep him <laughs> away from your cat. Don't let yeah. him feed it. Your cat. Don't. Yeah. Especially after I, I, ever si- I don't know. Ever since Alf the the TV show came out, it's always just like keep the aliens away from your cat. All right. 
Is this it? Yeah, the Delicio. So I had to I had to find another thing. Delicio. By the way, thank you, Charles, for that very lovely note. Yes. That was awesome, and I really do enjoy like seeing your tweets. And thank you for like you know being such a advocate for the show. Like he he literally retweets our episodes like every week. It's super sweet. Um, but it's time for candy, and both of our candies are utterly destroyed. So this is about to be a mess. Yes, this this was <laughs> this. Oh my god, it's just spilling out onto my. I I, I brought a. I plate had to up move my I, microphone back to give myself some room because I, I heard knew. it shaking. I heard it shaking around in the wrapping, you know. And it's like when a, a bunch of candy bars are all together, some of the weaker candy bars. So this is like, this is so, like. It looks like it's a hazelnut sort of wafer, wafer candy. So, if you don't know what we're doing, Chris hates American Kit Kat. So, our friend Dario sends us candy from all over the world to review. And this is the Delicio, which is a hazelnut crispy wafer from Turkey. Oh, Turkey. Oh, it's so fucking good. Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. Turkey, you are the candy kings, man. Man, yeah. I'm telling you. We've got to have a bad one from Turkey now. Like, now I want to go to Turkey and go on a candy tour. Like... It's not sweet. It's just a hazelnut no. flavor with like cream in the middle. Like it's so good. It's so light and fluffy. Well, that's the thing is, I get older. I don't like things that when they get too sickly sweet. You know. I don't like super sweet things either. When when sugar just sort of dominates the the flavor of it, and this lets everything you know, you can taste the toastiness of the wafer and mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's so, so good. light and. It's so light and airy. Like, I feel like if I ate this entire thing, I don't feel guilty about it. It's like when I have, like, a Snickers, I'm just like, oh, I can only have half of this because it's, like, my entire fucking diet. I mean, Mm. candy is about the sugar. But in America, it's just like, how many different kinds of sugar can we pile on top of each other? And this is more thinking about the the interplay between the layers of the wafer. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, ugh. I, it's so good, Turkey. Mm. Turkey, you are like candy Very kings. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Dario. Dude, keep sending us candy from Turkey. <laughs> I had the weirdest. I ate so weird today because I was at work. And the first thing I ate is I had to eat one of my one of my cornbreads to taste it. And then I made a grilled cheese sandwich with bacon. Very, very Ooh. normal. But then one of the girls I worked with made scallop. She just made a bunch of scallop potatoes. It was like, you want some scallop potatoes? And I'm like, yeah. And I ate some scallop potatoes. And the boss came back and made one of the carne asada tacos. Or he made like four of the carne asada tacos and was like, who wants to eat some of these tacos and try them out for Cinco de So I was just like browsing on all different kinds of little things today and like some candy and never didn't sit down to a whole meal, but I've been like full all day. It's been fun. I, um, so the funny thing was, uh, I was working yesterday and I come out of my room and my stepmom goes, Hey, you want some protein balls? I just kind of stopped and I stared at her and I was like, I, I need way more context. (laughs) (laughs) Mom, um, I think we I think we talked about my sexual preference, Mom. But um, it was funny because um, what it was is you, you know there's like no baked cookies. Are they just, salty? You know there's like no baked cookies that are just like oatmeal and peanut butter and stuff like that. 
Yep, yep, yep. It, it, it was it was essentially that, but it was like peanut butter and the protein was like protein powder and it had like oatmeal and like chocolate chips and they were really good. Uh, but it was just funny was because really it, so then I just waited until Billy got home and Billy walks in the door and I was like, hey, you want some of Lynn's protein bar balls? And Billy just stopped and looked at me and almost verbatim just went, I need to know <laughs> what that is. <laughs> Because I knew she would get the exact same reaction that I did. <laughs> hmm. This I just I know I should be nice and save this for other people, but I just want to eat all these wafers myself. No, I'm I'm, I, I'm, I'm like eating all I'm the crumbs. I'm on my last piece of wafer, and I literally just sort of moistened my finger to pick I, up all the little pieces of dust off my plate. My plate I, is clean, no matter even though it was smashed to hell. I ate all of it. All I'm eating all the dust right now. Oh, I just popped the 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 wrapper just like kind of like bent and just like threw dust in the air. Now I have dust everywhere. I'm just gonna have to like lick my desk. That's just that's the only that's the only thing I need to do. I just need to lick my desk, I guess. Now you 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 reduce the dust licking at the end of this episode. <laughs> I had to actually move my microphone back so I could have room for this. That sounds like a Christian kid thing to, to that you know that they teach like kids or or not just Chris but it's mostly Christian kids that get it but you're not you know not allowed to swear to why don't you go lick dust you know that's how, that totally sounds like you know like Ned Flanders kids would say that the devil can go lick dust mm, mm, I'm lot, lot, not as rude as pound salt. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, this is delicious. Where can people find you, Chris? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That is our website full of zagillions of of podcasts just piling up. We're piling them up. They're 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 the oldest podcasts are like smaller, but they're denser because they're being crushed under the weight of the new podcast. It's it's amazing. They're like diamonds. They are like diamonds. And um, you can also find us on the Floundering Facebook, where we have the Two True Freaks podcast and the Two True Freaks Cantina, which is sort of a hangout joint. And the podcast site will tell you all the podcasts that come out when they come out on your Facebook feed for your convenience. And you can also go to the similarly floundering uh, Twitter, and there you can find uh, Gene Gene, the Floundery Flounder swimming around in the cesspool that's Twitter and running the J-Guys and Jedi I was page. trying or to remember the what... True Freaks page. You run the J-Guys and Jedi page, right? I was trying to remember what Flounder sounds like from The Little Mermaid, and I just drew a blank so I could just do the do-do-do-do-do-do Gene and Flounder's voice from Little Mermaid. For the life of me, I cannot remember what he sounds like. When I think of Flounder, I think of National Lampoon. The guy from National Lampoon's Animal House would be like... <laughs> do, 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 do. This is so great. But yeah. <laughs> Gene. Gene. <laughs> I just did horrible ge- things to Gene's brain in an audio drama. We we were doing a horror horror drama set in it with a evil uh ghost slimy tentacle psychiatrist who does a little brain surgery on Gene's character. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) 
I've 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 gotten to kill Gene several times or just horribly hurt Gene several times already in in audio. If you want to check that out, go to the Akadekagonagon Theater Group on the Two True Freaks page, and uh, and if you listen to enough, you'll hear Gene in agony. Anyway, that's you, where they can find me. Where you should have find like you a running like tally count of like how many times you kill Gene. It's, it's it's great. I get to be like, oh, Gene, the things I did to you yesterday when we're like at recording. <laughs> mm. uh, all these slurpy, gross, bone cracky sound effects. You know, all the stuff that would have to be used for impromptu brain surgery with improvised tools. Speaking of which, where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at Jedi on Twitter. I do run our Twitter accounts. You can also find me at Hope Molinex on Twitter. I'm also a staff writer for the Geeky Waffle, and you can see all my writings over there. Um, oh, by the time this episode comes out, Amphibia should be over with, so me. Um, so uh, I write reviews over there and all sorts of stuff. I have occasionally been on Space Waffles, which is their uh, Star Wars podcast hosted by my friend Arzu. Oh, oh excuse me, that wa- that waffer came up. The waffer came up for the waffles. And I can say, this is cool. Uh, the waffles have a new podcast and I'm already set to record with them. Um, and it's called Bookmarked and Busy. And it is a fan fiction podcast, a fanfic appreciation podcast. And I have it pulled up here. For each episode, your host, Rin, will be joined by a fanfiction author or reader to talk about fan favorite tropes, ships, and the ins and outs of fanfiction. Nothing is off the table. This podcast is a judgment-free zone. It is also a not-safe-for-work zone, so listeners' discretion be advised. And I'm already scheduled to be on with Rin, um, but I don't know when that episode will be out because by the time this episode comes out, I think, it's the, I think this episode comes out the same week I'm recording with them. So I... Just so, just check out um, uh, Bookmark and Busy. It's the new Waffle podcast, and I'm very excited to be a guest on it. Uh, and I actually, I have no idea when the episode come out, so just keep an eye out for it. I'll be on an episode, definitely talking about my High Republic fan fiction and all sorts of fan fiction, and probably going off about how much I love Thrawn and Grande and like talking about their penises and stuff. So fine. Uh, As you want to do. I, I mean, <laughs> how often did I say tonight that I wanted to fuck Cad Bane? Because I would. Yeah, I mean, he'd kill me, but it'd be worth it. <laughs> Look, at least I'd, I'd go out on a high note. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, come back next week, you guys, where we're going to talk about the Bad Batch episode, Common Ground. And I had to look at this episode because I was like, I don't fucking remember anything from this episode. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is a cool one. It's the Separatist episode. So it's going to be a fun one where we'll be yeah, talking yeah, about it. Yeah, it's an interesting so. episode, yeah. I, I had to remember, like, once I saw, I was like, oh, the Separatist episode. I was like, yeah, this wasn't interesting. I saw one of, like, one of the screen captures for it, and I'm like, just like, oh, yeah. And I just, like, mm-hmm. it just jogged my memory of the scene that it's in. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, guys, come back next week. Bye, and happy Star Wars Day, belatedly. Happy Cinco de Mayo. That too. Bye. Feliz, Feliz Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled 
T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Suck it to me? (laughs) 